Nick, it's our first episode of 2023. Uh, welcome back. And Happy New Year to you, too. Happy New Year to you. Uh, I feel like a lot of the issues uh, facing the liberal government that we talked about the last time, namely federal-provincial relations, healthcare, have, have only become more urgent. And I know you've got the latest federal ballot tracking numbers, so why don't we dive right in? Yikes, Michael. Check out the ballot numbers. Conservatives, 36%. Liberals, 28. New Democrats, wow. 21. Block 7, Green 6. Uh, People's Party at, at, at around 2. And, you know, mm. the key takeaway here is the Conservatives have opened up a lead outside of the margin of error at the beginning of 2023. This is a bad way. This is the worst way for the Liberals to start off their year because they're basically back on their heels. And it looks like a significant number of Canadians are looking at the Conservatives. Interesting thing for them, People's Party is down. So that's probably good for Pierre Poilievre and the Conservatives. But, mm -hmm. you know, for the Liberals to have the NDP at 21, they're up three points compared to the last election. You know, the Liberals are down four points compared to the last election. And I think what the Liberals have to worry about is a one-two punch, basically getting squeezed by the Conservatives on the one side, the New Democrats on the other, and vote splits that uh, will be working against lib the Liberals. The good news for them, how about this for a piece of good news? The election is not today. So if you're if you're part of the red team looking at this, it'd be like, I don't see an election now or in the, or in the foreseeable future, because these yeah. are very grim numbers for the Trudeau liberals. Seven point lead for the conservatives. So uh, conventional wisdom, I, I suppose, is, you know, governments tend to defeat themselves. What's what's driving this? What what's what what does the liberals need to do to turn this around? Well, I think they need to do a reset. Uh, obviously. Right now, at least with the parliamentary coalition that they have with the New Democrats, they've got till 2025. So I think mm -hmm. they've got to try to ride out this short term, but they have to put something in the window, something new, uh, renew their vision for the country, why they need uh, another mandate as opposed to cruising along. It also means that the upcoming budget this spring will actually be a critical opportunity for the Liberals to try to do some sort of reset. These trend lines, so this is today's trend. What the Liberals have to fight is that this that this does not consolidate, that this does not continue. So they have to try to disrupt the Conservatives and this new trend that's emerging where the Conservatives have the upper hand. So yeah. I would expect that the Liberals are probably going to come out swinging in 2020 through 2023 because they've got to change the trend line because if this consolidates, it'll just make for a very ugly 2023 for the Liberal Party of Canada. Now, as you mentioned, uh, Nick, the, the NDP have a deal with the Liberals to help them govern until 2025. But uh, we're seeing a lot of uh, news about failing to get a health care deal with the provinces. And I noticed this week that NDP leader Jagmeet Singh uh, tweeted uh, that uh, the Liberals were essentially you know, uh, responsible for letting the Conservatives attack health care. Uh, what, what do they need to do about this? Well, for the Liberals, there, there needs to be some sort of action. So first of all, look at those the issue tracking numbers. Healthcare is the top unprompted national issue of concern around 17%, followed by inflation at 13, jobs in the economy at 12, environment at 12. So healthcare has been nudging out all the other issues uh, in the last while. And this speaks to why this is on the agenda. The other thing that's important is that healthcare traditionally is good for the New Democrats, after all, remember Tommy Douglas, right, mm -hmm. and who, who brought us public health care, is usually good for the New Democrats. And also, 
generally good for the Liberals. It's usually just not good for the Conservative Party of Canada. So the Liberals have an issue that they usually do well on. The New Democrats have a big interest in protecting public health care. So expect Singh to put the political vice grips on the Liberals to protect and enhance public health care and access to public health care. This mm. could be the new. So I think that the, the initial battle lines might actually be potentially between the New Democrats and the Liberals on this issue as uh, as the New Democrats want to make sure that they protect their brand and advance and protect public health care. So it'll be a bit of a tricky. Uh, it'll be a bit of a tricky issue, I think, for the Liberals. It'll be interesting to see what they have to do. But you know what? The, the narrative that the Liberals had on health care in 2022, which is let's talk about funding. And, you know, it wasn't a very great conversation with the provincial governments. Mm. I think uh, the Liberals have to do well on health care if they want to reverse the trend, the ballot trend that's currently favoring the Conservatives. Uh, in, in Ontario, uh, we saw some headlines this week, too. Uh, Premier Doug Ford said that he, he would start using private clinics to help ease up a, a, a major uh, surgeries uh, backlog. Now, uh, you know, there's no question that that's a major issue that needs to be fixed. But, but uh, using private clinics has met with some controversy, and 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 it can't be good for uh, for the NDP to to see that action taken. Yeah, and we have to remember. Remember, Jagmeet Singh originally is from the Ontario Liberal Party as a mm. provincial MPP, so he's very well versed on the Ontario provincial situation and what's going on. You know, he's the leader of the federal New Democrats. It's not surprising that he's come out swinging uh, against the Ford uh, provincial government, the progressive conservative government in, in Ontario. And, uh, you know, the, the other interesting thing is for uh, the Ford government, it looks like this is going to be their intervention. They're going to be focusing on, on not necessarily protecting public health care. They're going to be focusing on, from their perspective, access and uh, and cutting weight lines for a number of different types of uh, of health procedures. And, you know, they're using this little message about, you know, using your OHIP card and not your credit card. That's very clever messaging because it probably makes a number of Ontarians feel that perhaps the public system will not be under threat. But on the other side of the equation, if you happen to be Jugmeet Singh, you know that this is a big risk. Uh, to public health care as soon as uh, any provincial government starts introducing more of a private element. Hmm. Uh, Nick, so uh, according to your federal ballot tracking numbers, the Conservatives have a, a seven-point lead, but but what does that mean for Conservative leader Pierre Polyev uh, in terms of uh, uh, his personal preferred uh, prime minister numbers? Well, if you're Pierre Polyev, you've got to be happy to to be at 36%. You know, let's face it, Stephen Harper won an election at 36%. So 36 mm -hmm. is one of those magic numbers that conservatives mathematically or statistically, the probability of them being able to form some sort of government, probably a minority government, starts to come into play. So he's got to be happy on that front. But, you know, check out the numbers on who Canadians would prefer as prime minister. The survey is accurate, plus or minus three percentage points, 19 times out of 20. So we have a statistical tie for all intents and purposes between Trudeau and Poiliev, 30-28, Jagmeet Singh at 16. So the other thing is, is Pierre Poiliev numerically is two points back of Trudeau, but the ballot numbers, the Conservative Party is about seven points or thereabouts ahead of, uh, of the Liberal Party. So this Conservative pickup, is a result of disaffection with the Liberals, where people are drifting away from, from the Liberals 
and going to other options such as the Conservatives and also such as the New Democrats. So it's a mixed bag for Pierre Poiliev. What this also means is that if he can better define his image in a way that appeals to just a few more Canadians, realistically, another one in five or 5% more Canadians, uh, that would probably help consolidate the Conservative advantage. So maybe the other element that we want to add to what we should expect from the from the Liberals is not only for them to attack the Conservatives, but for them to really try to undermine the Pierre Poilievre brand. Maybe Pierre Poilievre is going to be on the receiving end. He'll probably be, him and his brand will be the main focus of a lot of the political dialogue in 2023 as he tries to build up his brand and the, and the Liberals try to tear him down. Uh, Nick, it, it seems like Polyev has walked a fine line so far uh, as conservative leader uh, in terms of the the freedom convoy. He he was an early supporter of the movement, but then he's also said that he doesn't necessarily agree with everything said by by the movement. Uh, it, he was met with controversy by speaking at the Frontier Center for Public Policy, and 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 they ran into criticism uh, a few years ago for downplaying the the effects of residential schools on. On indigenous children, um, I mean, it's it, it, it's sort of if, if he's trying to appeal to more uh, conservative voters and more potential voters, uh, I'm not uh, I'm not sure what his strategy should be here. Well, I think what we're seeing what the strategy is. I'll call it the not to get too technical. Yeah, but dot dot dot. So mm. when it comes to the the freedom convoy, yes, he is on the public record saying he understands the anxiety, the anger, the frustration of uh, Canadians that joined the uh, Freedom Convoy. Uh, but what he has added is a little bit of a proviso in the same way that he did at the, at the tail end of 2022, that you know having the, the F Trudeau flag was a little too far. So support, but. And you know the other interesting thing is that for those Canadians uh, that align with those types of views, they're probably thinking, he must say these things if he mm. wants to win an election. We know in his heart of hearts that he's with us 100%. Mm. So what this allows him to do, and I think this is a good strategy for Pierre Poiliev, it allows him to still send signals to those Canadians that he understands their frustration and that he agrees with them, but allows him to put a little bit of different distance that perhaps in some things They've gone a little too far. And I think he's used the same type of thing in terms of the uh, academic from U of T, Jordan Peterson, you yeah. know, that there are a number of things that he agrees with with Jordan Peterson, but some things that he doesn't agree. So I think we're going to see the Pierre Poiliev, yeah, but strategy. Mm. And the reality is this is his best alternative because he can't turn himself inside out because then he'll be criticized for being inconsistent and flip-flopping and he can't get too close to some of these elements because it undermines his ability to build his brand into a broader coalition that can unseat the federal liberal party hmm. uh nick just to go back to the the health issue uh polyev was was speaking about that lately and and uh and raised some some big attack points so let's listen to that but I do find it incredible that Justin Trudeau has managed to double our national debt without any improvement to our health care system. It's really astonishing. He's had more debt than all other prime ministers combined without any improvement in health care. In fact, health care after seven years of Trudeau is worse than ever. So I can understand why all the premiers are frustrated with the damage he's caused. 
Uh, so you know, a pretty pretty acute attack on on Trudeau over over healthcare, and 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 uh, and I feel like that is sort of more of a typical uh, mainstream conservative response. Absolutely, it's the where the, where's the beef is what he's basically saying. The liberals have spent all this money. The deficit is up. The debt is de the debt has grown, and healthcare. It's not getting any better. So this is probably a better attack for for Pierre Poiliev as opposed to engaging on some of the other issues because it gets into the privatization uh, debate, which can be risky for the conservatives. But for him to attack the liberals to say you're spending all this money, but we don't see any material improvement in healthcare, is the right tack for the conservatives because it has to do with the management and spending of tax dollars and the impact or from his perspective or the Poiliev perspective the lack of impact that spending all this money has had on this issue that is critical to Canadians. Hmm. Uh, and then we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, what the world thinks of Canada. Nick, uh, let's, let's board the old trend line time machine and, and go back to 2015 where uh, Justin Trudeau first uh, got the Liberal government elected and promised to restore Canada's reputation upon the world stage. Now it's 2023. And, and where do things stand? Not so great. Actually, when we look at the trend line and we ask Canadians every year uh, whether they think Canada's reputation has improved, somewhat improved, somewhat not improved or not improved at all. Check out the trend line. So in 2015, Looks like Canadians, with the election of the Trudeau government, said, hey, looks like things might get a little better for Canada. You know, in the Harper era, those numbers weren't that great. But when you look at the trend line, you see a slow and steady decline of optimism when it comes to the views of Canadians and how they think our, repu our international reputation is panning, panning out. So not so great. You know, the other interesting thing, if you're the prime minister, foreign affairs is usually a big advantage. Like they go on these trips to look very uh, statesmanlike, and uh, uh, and it and it's usually good good domestic politics. But you know, right now, what's clear is that when we look at the international stage, not a big political draw for Justin Trudeau or the Liberals at this point in time. Well, there there might be some good news on on the horizon. Uh, uh, U.S. President Joe Biden is finally going to visit Canada. We've talked about that uh, in previous episodes. Uh, it's been a long delay for him. Uh, so, can the Liberals use this a, a, as an opportunity here? I think they could use it as an opportunity to put something in the window. And the fact of the matter is, it's usually good for prime ministers when the president of the United States of the day. I want to, I want to say, except for Trump. Usually when the president of the U.S. visits uh, Canada, it's it's good for the prime minister because it, it puts a highlight and a spotlight on the binational relationship with the United States. Canadians know that this is our most important international relationship, both diplomatically and from an economic perspective. And it could probably help the liberals do a little bit of a reset so that, uh, you know, people can start focusing on 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 what's happening in the Canada-U.S. relationship. That said. What also needs to happen, in addition to the, uh, I don't know what we want to call it, the backslapping, I don't know, so the handshaking, mm -hmm. the uh, all the all the niceties. Mm -hmm. uh, what would help the liberals is if they could actually announce that something was accomplished in the meeting, because it's not enough just to say, oh, we're friends, we like each other, we have a great relationship. Uh, what the liberals have to do 
ideally is put something in the window in terms of something specific being accomplished uh, in the binational relationship as a result of the discussions between the President of the United States and the Prime Minister of Canada. Uh, Nick, it, it's it's interesting. Things were not great, let's say, during the Trump years. Uh, you know, uh, I, there seemed to be personal animosity between Trump and and Trudeau. It, it might be fair to say uh, we had to renegotiate NAFTA. But but during the the Biden era, uh, the buy American policies of, of Biden has you know hasn't hasn't been great for Canada, especially in the automotive sector. Yeah, it's it's not much better. You know, the interesting thing is that. Uh, Many bunch of the much of the Trump agenda has not been outright repudiated by the Biden administration. Like, for example, on on the tax cuts that Trump introduced, Biden has has not really reversed any of those things. But the reality is is that whenever the U.S. is more focused on its domestic political agenda, that's just not good for the world, and it's not good for Canada. Um, and many times when these policies are introduced, Canada becomes a uh, victim from the perspective of a policy on the border with Mexico has implications for Canadians crossing the border. And the Americans say stuff like, that, that was not targeted at you. That's because of our Southern border. Mm. The reality is, is that there needs to be one common border policy uh, for the United States. And in many instances, the border between Canada and the United States is fundamentally different in terms of the scope composition and the things that happen compared to the border between the United States and Mexico. So it hasn't been a it hasn't been great, but this is an opportunity for Justin Trudeau to try to re-engage the president of the United States, remind the president of the importance of the binational economic relationship, and hopefully renew things in order to uh, move the binational relationship forward. Uh, Nick, I, I think we'll leave it there. As always, thanks very much. Thank you.